So if if you have a Bible with you, um, it's on page 62. Today's reading is Exodus chapter 12, verses 1 through 14. This is God's word. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron in Egypt, This month is to be for you the first month, the first month of your year. Tell the whole community of Israel that on the tenth day of this month, each man is to take a lamb for his family, one for each household. If any household is too small for a whole lamb, they must share one with their nearest neighbor, having taken into account the number of people there are. You are to determine the amount of lamb needed in accordance with what each person will eat. The animals you choose must be year-old males without defect, and you may take them from the sheep or the goats. Take care of them until the 14th day of the month, when all the members of the community of Israel must slaughter them at twilight. Then they are to take some of the blood and put it on the sides and tops of the door frames of the houses where they eat the lambs. That same night, they are to eat the meat roasted over the fire, along with bitter herbs and bread made without yeast. Do not eat the meat raw or boiled in water, but roast it over a fire with the head, legs, and internal organs. Do not leave any of it till morning. If some is left till morning, you must burn it. This is how you are to eat it. With your cloak tucked into your belt, your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand. Eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. On that same night, I will pass through Egypt and strike down every firstborn of both people and animals, and I will bring judgment on all the gods of Egypt. I am the Lord. The blood will be a sign for you on the houses where you are, and when I see the blood, I will pass over you. No destructive plague will touch you when I strike Egypt. This is a day you are to commemorate. For the generations to come, you shall celebrate it as a festival to the Lord, a lasting ordinance. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thanks. Let us pray. Good God, loving Father, Jesus, the Son, and Holy Spirit, as we come from different kinds of experiences and places and journeys, now, <clears throat> despite all that, we look to one being. We look to you, hoping, anticipating, expecting that we would hear from you, that we would not just be doing rituals, but that we would be engaged in a conversation in which we listen for your voice. So now we ask that you speak with us because we have a variety of needs and a variety of gratitude and celebrations as we come this morning. And so we come from different places, but we're all more of a mess than we care to admit. Meet us with your grace, the grace that, that loves, that pours out love, undeserved, and, um, and comes to us primarily through your son, Jesus. 
who moved towards a messy and broken world and took it on his own shoulders. With that kind of grace, we ask that you would give us transformative um, uh, insight and good news today. In Jesus' name, amen. I don't know if any of you have this in your household, your family, but the Hollands have right now, we have a three-week period with five family birthdays inside of that window of time. And, you know, birthdays are fantastic, uh, right? They, they're, they're something we all look forward to. Um, maybe not as much, maybe as we get older. <laughs> but uh, but I, I wonder, does any of you have that where you have a lump of birthdays in the year in, in like your extended family or anything? Show of hands. Anybody have anything like that going on? Some of you have that. Yeah. So for us, yep, yep. So for us, it's, yeah, the, the, between my birthday and my wife's and all the ones that are in between. So birthdays are a thing that we use and it's a, it's a timekeeper really for our year. It's a way of keeping time. We also use holidays this way. You know, we, holidays kind of help us remind us where we are on the calendar with Labor Day, of course, being that last hurrah where at the end of it, we say, okay, the fun is over for a while. Uh, but then, you know, Thanksgiving comes along and we say, okay, the fun is starting up again. Um, or maybe, maybe Halloween already, maybe you're doing that. We have these markers on the calendar and with them come their rituals, rituals that are experiential, that you incorporate our senses, all five senses. They're visceral. We have the sights of glossy ads in the newspaper or in our mailbox. We have the sounds of fireworks. We have the smells of a movie theater, the sensations of a wool sweater rubbing against our neck. And we have meals, meals that we taste a season and it brings up all kinds of memories, all kinds of things. And these things function for us as timekeeping formational practices. What? Timekeeping from it. What am I talking about? Well, they're basically just to translate, they are things we do that tell us who we are. <laughs> they form us. They shape us. And if you're a Christian, these things are not, they're not bad in themselves. Um, you know, I don't want you to walk away from this talk saying Mark is against birthdays. Um, they're, you know, they're not bad in themselves, but they do, as a Christian, you can find yourself kind of competing for where your mind goes for its meeting. They, a lot of these uh, holidays or birthdays, they compete with, um, to tell us things about ourselves. they compete with our most, as a Christian, what you begin to grab hold of is your essential identity, your baptismal identity, this primary identity that you say, me and us, becoming a child of God through what Jesus has done, that identifies me at a deeper level than everything else. That is who I am at the most deeper, the most deep level of all. Primary identity, forgiven by God, reconciled into his presence. Um, in our passage today, as we just read, the very first verse is so striking that to tell us that God is doing the same thing that we kind of do with our different time, time keeping holidays in the year. 
the Lord said to Moses and Aaron in Egypt, this month is to be for you the first month, the first month of your year. And the passage end, ended with the, the phrase, this is a day you are to commemorate for generations to come. You shall celebrate it as a festival to the Lord, a lasting ordinance. God is having the people of Israel, the Hebrews, as they're about to escape from Egypt and be brought out by God's powerful hand. He's giving them timekeeping, formative practices rituals that will be sturdy enough and flexible enough interesting they'll be flexible enough to celebrate for generations to come in times of uh prosperity and in times of pandemic it doesn't really matter you know the bread doesn't need yeast remember when the pandemic started uh and we were all kind of distancing in march for the first time and people were panic buying and all of a sudden you couldn't find yeast we, the Hollands, we found a, a big one on like Amazon we could order and it came in the mail. We finally had yeast again. You don't even need yeast to celebrate the Passover and to, to remind yourselves who you are. And verse 11 gets at this, how um, this is how you are to eat it. They're instructed on specific ways of going about this meal that would tell them who they are your cloak tucked into your belt, your sandals on your feet and your staff in your hand. Eat it in haste. So the very way that they were to go about this was telling them their story, the ancient story that is to mark their year, to mark their life. And it's visceral. There's the smells of the bitter herbs. There's the sights, kind of probably to most of us, it would be a little bit disturbing. Sights of the blood, the sacrificial lamb. The sounds of the ancient story being spoken in Hebrew, those same words every year. And that feeling of a garment tucked, tucked in, ready to go, um, ready for action. You know, Christians have adopted a, an event or have adopted a practice because we have an event that is so crucial to our identity that we celebrate it every seven days. Not just once a year, but every seven days. We take this Passover thing to a whole new level. And it's um, each Sunday we meet for worship around those crucial events of our liberation story that tells us who we are the death and the resurrection of Jesus, the empty tomb. And this is sturdy enough and flexible enough to tell us who we are as a forgiven people. Whether we're in times of prosperity or pandemic, you know, whether we have yeast in our communion bread or whether you just have a little yeast-free cracker from Trader Joe's, like the one that I have on this plate next to me. So Christians have this, and this is a weekly thing. And this tells us, this helps us keep time and helps tell us viscerally who we are. Who are you? What, is, what are you letting tell you and, and shape your imagination lately about who you are? 
I don't know if you have this, but every once in a while I have a, um, there's a show that I'm watching or we as a family are watching and there's a, sh and, and you know, you're watching the episodes of this show. And lately for me, it's the Ozarks, which, you know, just uh, one of those edifying shows about drug cartels and money laundering. No big deal. Um, and so we're watching this show and I find myself in the morning after having watched an episode, waking up and the first thing on my mind, the first thing that comes to my attention, my first thoughts in the morning revolve around the characters of the show or the surprises in the story that happen and what's gonna happen next. And I feel sometimes a little funny about that. Every once in a while, I'll stop and go, I kind of wish, in some ways, I wish once in a while that my first thoughts in the morning would be revolving around the surprises of God's grace in my life. But instead, it's, you know, drug cartels and money laundering in the season of my life as I watch the, the Ozarks. I don't know if you have, do you have something like that? Something in your life that is sort of just, just kind of creeping in and getting into that imagination of yours and, and your mind can't stop because that's how our minds work. They keep processing and chewing on those loose ends even as we sleep and we wake up thinking about them. Do you have something like that in your life right now? Maybe it's a relationship conflict that's in your life that just kind of keeps eating away at you. Maybe it's an enviable social media presence of someone you know, or maybe it's a primary worry that you have in your life. Is there something going on, something that's, you know, getting into your imagination and shaping you? I found a watch in my drawer recently, just cleaning things out. I found a watch that I really like. It was a birthday gift at one point from my brother-in-law. And I like it a lot, but the, the, the battery stopped working at some point, so I just put it in the drawer. And so I got it out and for the first time, took the time to figure out how do you put a battery into this thing and looked it up on YouTube. And a few days later, the battery came in the mail. And this week I, I was wearing that, that old forgotten watch again. I feel like COVID-19 in our life is a little bit like that. And maybe you find yourself in a place where you're assessing some of your broken down beliefs you're looking again at discarded practices in your life. And maybe it's time, maybe you feel a nudge to dust off some things and reconnect with who you are, with your essential identity, and to try on again that baptismal identity. Let's take a minute and think about these things. There's a, I'll share my screen. There will be some questions on the screen. So just for about a minute, just ponder. How is God speaking to you through this scripture passage this morning?
our heavenly God, thank you for these words and thank you for caring enough to get down into the nitty gritty to give us things by which we can remember who we are. We are a forgetful group and we can have stubborn hearts and we can be overly obsessed with things like, you know, how wonderful and special we are in our special days that we celebrate once a year. Bring us back to how incredible, surprising, and gracious you are through the basic, simple, easy tools you've given us to do so. And help us to do that together. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.